HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit corin.com. Welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Aki Kotayama, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi every day on the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen yuzakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program to my cook guests. My guest today is Mitsunori Isoda, who is the executive chef at Omakase Room by Mitsu in New York. Chef Mitsu serves authentic Japanese Edomae-style sushi at his beautiful eight-seat Hinoki Wood Bar counter in Manhattan's West Village. And you can find great sushi restaurants in New York and other cities in the world these days, but we don't often get to understand the philosophy of each sushi chef. And in this episode, you'll find how a sushi chef strives to create the guest's best experience based on his own mindset that has been cultivated over the years. And Chef Mitsu was classically trained in Japan and came to the U.S. in 2006 to pursue his dream of making sushi in this country. Since then, he has gone through diverse experiences in America, but his philosophy has only solidified. So today we'll discuss what uh, the essence of Edomai sushi is, the key elements of great Edomai sushi you should look for at sushi restaurants, Chef Mitsu's sushi-making policy and philosophy behind it, how to become a sophisticated sushi diner. Yes, it's a bit intimidating to eat the sushi at the sushi counter. So uh, we have a lot to talk about, so uh, please stay with us to, until the end. So, And also before we start, Japanese is available on the Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Japanese. And we appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much. Now, let's start a conversation with Mitsunori Isoda. Hello, Mitsu. Welcome to the show. Hello. So, uh, to get to know you, where are you from, and what did you eat when you grew up? I'm from the Osaka in Japan. 
the I'm usually eat real traditional authentic the Japanese food. Okay. And uh well if you say Osaka, Osaka is the everybody's kitchen. <laughs> kitchen of yes. everybody, I mean from the rich to especially uh the public. So I'm sure you eat a lot of amazing broad range of good food. And um, and you've been cooking Japanese food for the last thirty five years, and I heard that you wanted to be a sushi chef since you were very little. So what what was that? Yeah, the, I'm not sure, but um, already I was a kindergarten or preschool. I'm not sure. Uh, my mind always wanna chef. Then, especially making a sushi in the New York. That one is uh, my mom the passed away before she told me, you always say. But I never think about another job. I always, I want to do, I want to do the cooking, cooking, then making the sushi. I always keep mine like that. I don't know why. Mm, well, maybe your mother really fed you well, and uh, your dream naturally uh, was born. Um, but it was very specific. I wanted to be sushi chef in New York at that young age. So we'll discover uh, what happened to pursue it. But um, So you worked in well-established kitchens in Osaka and Tokyo before you moved to the U.S. So could you tell us where you worked in Japan? I worked at... Uh... Hotel New Otani, Osaka and Tokyo. The, I was a kaiseki chef. Also, I learned sushi. Then, I was 24 years old. I opened only reservation for one group one day. Only one menu. Wow. Then, <laughs> 10 years the, before I moved to the US. Yeah, I, I mm. did. Right. So,、um, so, for listeners who are not familiar with、uh, the Japanese hotel groups, Hotel New Otani is huge, like one of the most classic、uh, hotel chains. I mean, change sounds like a little less、uh, sophisticated, but it's really like high end、uh, establishments. So, being a chef at the Hotel New Otani is, is really a prestigious thing. So, it makes sense that you,、uh, Mitsu, you started such an exclusive, sophisticated restaurant. And、uh, nowadays, I think we see more、uh, limited number of guests per night kind of restaurants, but it sounds like you are far ahead of time. So, So, what did you learn from your experience in Japan? Very traditional、uh, kaiseki style. I learned first plate name, then how you're gonna take care of the fish, then vegetable or stuff.、Mm. Right. I mean,、uh, meaning plates of the name is meaning the Japanese、um, plates are not just plates. They are coming from certain regions and it's almost like a GI 
wine from Champagne, something like that. This um, kind of earthware comes from a specific region, and there are professionals to evaluate how much money that would cost if you want to pay for it, right? That kind of very specific serving vessels you're talking about. Yes. Right. So, yeah, so that means something that kaiseki cuisine, it's a multi-course um, dinner with traditional ingredients and mainly traditional cooking uh, methods. But far behind it, um, there are some seasonal serving vessels. The spring, they have different styles, some are different styles, and then you need a warehouse for that. And it's, it's a very expensive establishment. But uh, even smaller Japanese restaurants uh, just choose something um, very beautiful, personally attached to certain bowls and plates, uh, even chopsticks. And those things are really a uh, big part of Japanese cuisine. And it sounds like you uh, acquired the knowledge and uh, attitude towards those um, kind of cheerleaders at the dining table, uh, not just the food, right? Yeah. Then also the culture, Japanese culture, very important for Japanese food, Japanese uh, kaiseki, sushi also. Need a culture, the season, everything. I mm. learned in Japan. Right. Okay. So um, it's funny that, you know, Osaka and Tokyo are two different um like dialect even, and the mindset. But sounds like uh, you really studied broad range of Japanese traditions. So that's interesting. And uh, so I heard you had a dream of making sushi. I mean, yes. you, you told me in New York uh, yeah. when you were in Japan, when you grew up. So why did you want to make sushi in New York back then? I saw the always... Uh, Cooking TV show, the document, sushi chef, the documentary, the TV show. Then I, I think very, very cool. That's why I want to make it like the sushi is mostly, yeah, cool, the chef. But, uh, was, uh, 20 years ago, sushi chef, it's not like, popular yet. After Michelin star coming, then many sushi restaurants in Ginza, Tokyo. Then, little by little, sushi chef coming popular. Mm. Right. So sushi chef used to be just a craftsman or some people would think it's artist, but um, it became like um, more like an artist. And um, I think it's the skill they really deserved that huge attention and respect finally came thanks to uh, the French rating system called Michelin. So that's very interesting. Um, and then, uh, so you came to New York in 2011, but you first worked in Tennessee. Uh, so in Tennessee, where did you work and uh, what did you learn during that five years before you moved to New York? It's Cordoba in Tennessee. Uh, my sponsor was uh, many 
eight restaurants in yeah, not only Tennessee, like South area, Tennessee, uh, Missouri, St. Louis. Yeah, I, but, uh, uh I walked uh, in Cordova, in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, very small restaurant that I was an executive chef. Then also the manager position. Then take care of all, you know, the uh, restaurant.、Mm. Then I learned,、uh, I think the real American people there, then very different compared, culture compared in Japan. Mm, right. And also, probably、uh, back then,、uh, Japanese food、uh, was probably very different from you know, now because the Japanese food is now everywhere. And also, I think in the South, even regardless of which part of the, the country, there's more ramen shops and more sushi shops. People are familiar with Japanese、uh, food, but I'm sure it was. Pretty challenging for you, right? To actually serve、right. traditional style.、Right. Oh, totally different. I, of course, I learned American roll, spicy tuna stuff, California roll. Before I never make it like that. So I was so culture shock. Right. Were you upset at the beginning when you had to make California rolls? As a traditional some, chef. Yeah, some, yeah, not really, but、uh, yeah, it's, I have, yeah, I think that I have to learn the American people's taste. That's why I don't mind making the California roll. Yeah.、Mm. It's, it, was, it was so fun. Right. And also, I think, you know,、uh, Japanese cuisine is based on. Cooking the best food, what's available, and avocado, for example, is such an abundant, beautiful, delicious、um, ingredient. So, why not? And、uh, even now, <laughs> Japan people, Japanese people, started eating California rolls in Japan and spicy tuna rolls in Japan. So,、uh, there's no strict what's supposed to be, and the just thing is the just thing. So,、um, so, you are part of that culture. So, and you worked. After Tennessee, working in Tennessee, you worked at the legendary sushi restaurants in New York, such as Ichimura at Brushstroke and Juelu Bako, where you earned a Michelin star yourself. So, how was your job in New York different、um, compared to working in Tennessee? It was more customer understand the traditional sushi style. More than the Tennessee customer.、Mm. That's why I try to change the mind, making the more traditional style, little by little.、Mm. Right. Interesting, right? So,、um, this country, I think even sake is becoming more popular in the South as well. And also, more sake breweries、um, being born, we discussed in the last episode. So, obviously,、um, 
when you cooked in Tennessee is different from now, but I think the transition since then is so fast and very impressive. So, yeah, yeah, I think you had one of the most unique uh, careers in America as a sushi chef. So I'm curious uh, what's going to happen from now at your own place. So anyway, so we'll take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll dive into the essence of Edumai Sushi and how Mitsu's own philosophy makes his omakase menu so unique. So please stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant from French to Pan Asian to American. And that is why they're located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view their exquisitely designed tableware and the rarest natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit Corin.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Needs on HRN Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kiko Katayama, and my guest today is Mitsunori Isoda, who is the executive chef at Omakase Room by Mitsu in New York. So now you are the chef at Omakase Bar at Mitsu, Omakase Room at the Mitsu in West Village, Manhattan, and uh, you serve a 14 course Omakase Edomai sushi menu. Um, by the way, uh, Edomai sushi or Edomai zushi, they're the same, but Japanese people tend to say Edomai zushi uh, because it's just a language flow, a words flow sound. But Edomai sushi can be called Edomai zushi. Um, so, omakase means leaving it to you, to the chef, and fully trusting the chef capacity uh, to make your dining experience pleasurable. And satisfying. So, could you tell us what exactly Edomai sushi is? Used to be Edomai sushi uh, mean the fish from Tokyo Bayside. Then, only uh, using the from the sea, the ocean fish, not the river, not the lake, not pond. Only from the sea, the ocean, the fish. That's why, example, no unagi, freshwater eel, always coming, sea eel, anago, like that. Then, used to be, it's not the convenience, the sipping, like a, you know, like a no leaf reach later. That's why mostly traditional styled sushi, like a marinade or a cured, like that. Right. So, Edomae, I mean, the Tokyo Bay. Uh, was the beginning of a sushi that used to be a fast food uh, served out of the truck 
like carts. And um, for example, we eat um, salmon, which is half ocean, half river. So wow. I think my even my father's generation, he was scorned. Scorned like, why do you eat salmon? It's not it's not a uh, sea fish. So okay, and uh, that's the things that really quickly changing because with the very high quality uh, salmon, everybody's eating uh, salmon sushi in Japan too. So um, that's the original nature. And then you said also the cured um, style of sushi, that's a Kansai style, which is Osaka and Kyoto and the western area of Japan, right? So, Tokyo. Yeah. Tokyo sushi, Edomai sushi, it's like a Example, uh, Kohada, it's a keyword. It's a mostly traditional sushi. Okay, right. Then also tuna, bluefin, wild bluefin, tuna, the marinade. My style is with dashi. Like that. No salmon. That's why we don't have a salmon on the menu. Right. So you stay purist. Yeah, I try. But a very, uh, yeah, it's a change the, you know, culture. Uh, now people eat a lot of the salmon sushi. Yeah, it's a different style, the new style, like sushi coming. But uh, I try to make a traditional mm. style. That's mm. why no salmon, no hamachi yellowtail either. Right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad somebody is really trying to be a state traditional um, because there's some beauty of it. And uh, yeah, so by the way, listeners, we're not familiar with kohara. Kohara is a shiny fish and uh, it's very perishable that you really, really see kohara. But as a sushi chef in Japan, it's kind of like your, that's uh, like a, how you make a good steak. It's a test how you are good as a sushi chef. So kohara is one of those items you should definitely go eat, order at the Japanese sushi counter in Japan. Um, okay, and uh, I just mentioned quickly that, you know, pressed sushi that was uh, in the box, pressed and cured, including, including um, river fish, because the supply of fish in that area, western part of Japan, was different. And the Edomai sushi's history is much newer than uh, pressed style sushi in Osaka area. So uh, people say sushi, but uh, there are two types. Edomai is what we are familiar with, but uh, Kansai press sushi or shizushi, that's um, another delicacy. So maybe you should look for it when you travel to Japan or um, some Japanese restaurants in this country serve too. So anyway, so, um, so what is your philosophy other than trying to stay purist um, when you make sushi at your sushi bar? It's uh, always looking for the customer. Then I try to catch up the, you know, between my taste, the customer taste. Then still keep traditional, the classic Edomai sushi style. Mm. So do you, how do you gauge the customer's preference. Yeah, the before customer always think too much think ah 
I have to eat between sushi eat gari. It's pickle ginger. It's a, I take it off the pickle ginger, then always、uh, serve end. Omakase cost the end. If too much eat a ginger, it's gonna be your taste of everything ginger.、Mm. I always explain to the customer to when you gonna sit the sushi bar, enjoy for the omakase sushi chef make it. Mm. Well, I think、uh, what you're trying to say is that,、uh, you know, the, the idea of omakase is you kind of make the whole experience as, as amazing as possible. So you have to probably you don't serve soy sauce to dip because you add and brush the perfect,、um, perfectly flavored, perfect amount of soy sauce over、uh, your nigiri piece. So, they don't have to worry about it. They don't have to add extra wasabi or soy sauce. And, and also, in between, you said、uh, eating too much ginger, which is kind of tempting. <laughs> I tend to eat ginger too much, but、um, it's just the balance, right? You can have、right. that spicy and、uh, very vinegary and sweet ginger. It's, it's a sensational, but you really numb your tongue. So, you really miss the whole point of eating. Classic style of the fish that you really chew on the mummy of the fish rather than the soy sauce. So, yeah, I totally understand. And、uh, when I, I got lucky to、uh, get the seat at your sushi bar, and、uh, I know you are closely paying attention to each customer. And you keep, if it's necessary, you keep asking questions and gently nudge, eat it now, and all those things. Like, you are really、um, like trying to orchestrate. The experience of the diner. So I was very impressed. What you're saying is just what it's done at your sushi counter. So, yeah, great job. Thank you so much. So, and your menu is structured very uniquely. So,、uh, for example, you serve tuna temaki first, which is normally served at the end of the course. So, why did you do that? I have a very important ingredient in the Temaki, hand roll. Shari, the sushi rice. And also, tuna is most restaurants. Very important fish. Then, also, very crispy, the seaweed. That's why I give to the welcome the, to the Restaurant, the hand roll. Always, I told the customer.、Mm, right. So it's the test of the chef because of the flavor of tuna and also the crispiness of nori seaweed.、Um, okay, so you must be very confident to do that because you know, that's the test. <laughs> People can leave if you don't like it, right? All right. Especially Osaka people、oh, eat the hand roll first, then no good,、uh, something that long, yeah, they're gonna leave. <laughs> Very strict. Right. Oh, yeah. So Osaka people tend to be more straightforward in expressing 
I think the dialect also very frank right. and uh, it's kind of to me very uh, close to English. You get to the point, and uh, there's no like emotional uh, leftover. You just get it done quick and move on. And I like that a lot. So, okay. And then there are numerous types of fish in Edomai sushi, but some are more important. Than others to showcase chef skills, like I said, Kohara earlier. So, what fish, uh, also people call it neta, uh, is most important to you and why? Kohara. Mm-hmm. It's Kohara. I think that uh, most chef thinking like that because uh, the need traditional skill. If you don't have a classic style the skill, you can prepare for kohada. Right. So there are other, you know, perishable shiny fish, right? Why is kohada so difficult? If uh, you can quick the prepare, break down the cured, coming the fishy taste. That's why. Customer, some customers say that I can eat the fishy taste. I think the real nice kohada come in the not fishy taste, sea taste. That's mm. why they mostly important for Edomai style the sushi. Mm. Right. Well, Kohara is very small. That's probably uh, it's easy to go either fishy or ocean scent. Yeah. Right. The so. mostly expensive fish. No. <laughs> then oh. now, especially right now, coming the baby Kohara once a year, like a season, the month, or sometimes three weeks. We call the Shinko. It's Kohada's baby. Mm-hmm. Especially right now, the price is 2,000 for pound. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, but still, the, even the Kohada, sometimes like, a, yeah, 1,000 for pound. Pretty mm-hmm. expensive. I think the only coming from Japan. Actually, people call the gizzard shark, but the other name is spotted sardine. It's sardine. Mm. But then people think like not expensive fish. But actually, very, very expensive fish. Mm. Right. I, I think kohara in Japan is it's a very special, I mean, texture and how it looks and uh, the shininess. I mean, maybe because I eat at sushi places, but um, kohara is something, I think, you can't just call it uh, sardines family because <laughs> it's so special. But, all right, so listeners, it's the kohara uh, you just have to try to uh, order at the sushi place in Japan because it's... Uh, it has a lot of reason to do it. It's the history, the skills of the chef, and also uniqueness uh, from the local uh, seeds. So, okay, and another thing is rice. So I heard that rice, or shari, is the most important element 
element of your sushi. So, and each sushi chef has his or her own recipe. So, how unique is your recipe of uh, rice, sushi rice, or people call it shari? My sushi rice, shari, it's a, I used red vinegar, akazu. And also, the aragio, it's a salt from the Okinawa. Then, now really, I put in the sugar. It's mostly, usually, a chef making the little bit sweet, the Sushi rice, shari. My sushi rice, more salty taste. It's a traditional style, the shari, sushi rice. We call the shio, sushi, shio jari. Sushi, salty, the sushi rice. It's a traditional, the Edomai style. Okay. Classic sushi rice. Because、uh, used to be the sugar was、uh, so expensive stuff. Our Japan is not like a rich country. We can't, we couldn't use in the not really the sugar. That's why classic Edomai sushi, sushi, shari is、uh, more. Salty taste.、Mm, right. And,、uh, but also, you said, I remember when I had dinner at your place, you don't use、uh, salt in other、um, fish part, neta, because、right. it's going to be too salty. So you try to bring out the best umami out of the fish and then balance、yeah. that with the, the salt in the rice only. So it doesn't get too salty. And also, I think、um, you said akazu, that's the red vinegar to mix with rice. Uh, that's、uh, used made with a sake leaf, which is already very sweet. It doesn't require sugar. So、um, I really tasted that balanced、uh, sweetness and saltiness in your sherry. And、uh, that was really a successful recipe. So, yeah, that, that's a very well calculated recipe, I think. Right. I think the other、uh, weather. The humidity to come in the always different the recipe. That's why I don't have a recipe. I do in the it's coming my experience. The mix、uh, vinegar with the rice.、Mm, right. So you have to be very careful temperature,、uh, moisture in the air, and also everything. Right, of the day, and、uh, the、yes. people who eat has different appetite or kind of conditions. So you have to really read everything. That's what you said earlier. You have to read your guests, and that includes everything、uh, from the preparation to guests' conditions to someone's preference. So it's not just a cooking food for someone, it's about everything. It's almost like a director of one evening, I think. Right. Okay. And then、uh, another thing I wanted to discuss was、uh, the egg. 
So every Edomai course, a sushi course menu has the egg at the end. And the like rice, um, the egg is very different depending on who makes it. So what's unique about your egg? Only egg, my eggs come in the not Edomai style. It's Osaka Kyoto style. The, now, usually people call the eggs that gyoku, mix the fish with the eggs or shrimp paste with the egg. But my eggs only pure the Japan, Japanese eggs, like a jidori eggs. Mm. Then yeah. I put in the honey. I burn the honey. Then mm. more flavor, more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think your people call the regular um, eggs like Castilla, like the, the Spanish kind of style, Castilla, like spongy stuff and more savory. But yours, I thought, was like. Um, kind of dessert flan style and with some sweetness and caramelized with the honey. So I really thought one was not enough. I wanted to have more than one. So that was very impressive. So so what, where do you get all your fish from? Except the tuna, bluefin tuna, uh, other fish from Japan. It's coming overnight. Mm. Right, because you have relationships from your past um, yes. cooking career. Right. right. So I just build up the connection. Mm. Yeah, I was wondering because it must be very hard, right? Because you they you can cannot just go to Toyosu and give me the best one. You have to have right. someone you know to be right. able to manage the best one uh, personally. All right. Right. Okay. Mostly, I have a connection from the local also in Japan. Hokkaido, Kyushu, some Toyama, see the ocean, the Japan side. Yeah. Then they send to the Toyosu market. <laughs> then big company just help the English paperwork. Mm, right. But even the wild bluefin tuna from Spain now. Then later coming to Boston. If you don't have a connection, you can get it straight directly from the Spain, the Boston. You have to buy from Japan, the Spain, Boston tuna. So, um, so. Who's your customer at the Omakase bar, Omakase room by Mitsu? So usually coming the neighbor also, uh, New, of course, the, the New York, uh, then from Tennessee, other states, they always follow me. The customer. Mm, wow. So you have a fan base from the past, of course. Yep. Right. Okay. And uh, so now speaking of customers, eating at the sushi counter, 
in front of the sushi chef is a little intimidating, even for Japanese people too. So could you give us some tips on how to eat properly at a sushi counter? Yeah, uh, usually, the chef, sushi chef making the sushi for you, put on the get a plate, eat right away, then one bite, not two bite, except the temaki hand roll. Every each piece, you have to eat one bite, then right away.、Mm. Pop in your mouth. <laughs> All right. Right. Yeah, it's a taboo, right? If you bite, you just completely destroy the texture, integrated texture、right. experience.、Uh, so you can't do that. And、uh, what about、uh, using fingers or chopsticks? I mean, the, you can use in the chopstick, but the sushi chef making a more tight sushi. We don't want it to break the sushi. Mm. If you break the sushi, you don't need a chef. You have to, you know, respect the sushi chef, eat the finger more easy.、Mm. Right. Yeah, sometimes、uh, the, the sherry, the, the rice is so flaky and beautiful and delicate.、Uh, I understand they don't make it tight. And、uh, if I use chopsticks, it's just. It looks like it's falling apart, and it probably used like a couple drops of rice. And、uh, I really prefer with hands by myself personally because of the textual experience and、uh, you know, the temperature as well. And、uh, there is always a kind of wet cloth or just for yourself to clean your fingers. So I think that's probably、uh, the mainstream way for Japanese people to eat with fingers. So, right. So, what else?、Um, any, I mean, if it's served, you have to eat it right away, right? Right. Right away, it's very important. It should have an expired time. One, two, three, four, five, then、mm. have to have an expired. <laughs> wow. I already explained to the customer. That's why. I put in the sushi on the plate, one, two, three, then eat.、Mm, right, that's true. And、uh, because it's,、uh, it's a timing and the flavor, and、uh, that, that again, the texture, how much it can hold, is so delicate. And also, you don't just don't leave it because it's so, so delicious, anyways. But that's the thing. So, five seconds, that's your rule. Right. Right. Okay. And、uh, so, I mean, I know that you serve omakase, which is、uh, all the items are determined by the chef, you. So, but if you can order a la carte, how do you order it? Because, you know, I mean, it's the majority of us. It's hard to order <laughs> sushi. So, any suggestions?、Uh, just, just an example. Now it's.、Uh, Squid, aurica, as a big green fin squid, or、uh, sometimes like a、uh, color, golden color fish,、uh, we call it sumiika. Then, also, 
samo special da Marko keyword Saba uh, Aji it's like a, I never put in the, in the omakase menu usually yeah you have to try it the squid right or, yeah yeah so basically um if we go to a la carte restaurant um of course it's outside of your restaurant then we just ask for what's in season is that the right way to say yeah okay that's uh that solves a big problem <laughs> like oh, i don't know what to say because i i don't want to be um i don't want to look kind of silly but yeah i'll use that technique Okay, so um, what are your plans and dreams? I always keep uh, chef making the sushi front of the customer. Yeah, some restaurant, the exact chef, not really the always there standing the sushi bar. Someone making the different uh chef coming the on the your front the bar mm-hmm. right yeah that was but uh i wanna always make in the sushi mm. front of the customer mm. right they keep making the classic sushi for you mm. Right. So, you know, it sounds like you are kind of the agent between the customer and nature that provides you with tons of beautiful seafood and you got the skill. And as an agent, you can serve the best um, bounty of the nature to customers. So, and I think you're doing it. So I witnessed what you do. So, yeah, um, good luck. So, where can we find your updates online and on social media? Yeah, many people put on the Instagram, the my sushi. You can check it out the our company, the website. Okay. So your Instagram is uh, omakaseboom dot uh, nyc. It's O M A K A S E R R O O room New NYC, and uh, the website is uh, washokrooms.com. It's W-A-S-H-O-K-U, rooms.com, washokrooms.com. Okay, so, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mitsu, and uh, good luck and hope to see you at your beautiful sushi counter and enjoy. Thank you so much. Yeah, so the classic, beautiful, um, authentic sushi, uh, carefully made, and uh, Mitsu is the agent of nature so listeners i highly recommend it so and also you have uh listeners if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests please contact us at japanese at heritageradionetwork.org or akikotema.com japanese is a weekly program and is always available at heritageradionetwork.org as well as on itunes stitch and spotify as a podcast our engineer is Liam Warner, and uh, we'll take a summer break in August. So I will see you in September, and thanks for listening. Have a great summer.
Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org/slash subscribe.